Good morning, this is Daz on the Count the Tune and the Red, and joining us this morning is the absolute legend that is Tommy Cannon. Uh, Tommy is an English comic, actor and singer, and he's best known as the straight man of the comic double act, Cannon and Ball. Now, Cannon and Ball were the English comedy double act best known for their comedy varieties, The Cannon and Ball Show, which lasted for nine years on TV and was watched by over 20 million viewers. The duo met in the early 60s while working as welders in Oldham and rose to stardom to become the nation's favourite double act. They continued to work as the comic duo in television, in theatres and panto until Bobby died on the 28th of October 2020. Tommy, now aged 85, is still working and having already toured around the country this year with his audience with Tommy Cannon, is set to continue his tour into 2024. And from the 1st of December, Tommy will be starring in Jack and the Beanstalk at the Concert Empire Theatre as Lord Mayor Tommy Tomato. Please, (laughs) welcome to the show the incredible, the inspirational, and as described by Robbie Williams and myself, the legend that is Tommy Cannon. Good morning, Tommy. (laughs) Morning, morning. (laughs) How are you doing? Are you all right? Okay, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Now, we've yeah, had good. hundreds of guests on the show, Tommy, from musicians to comedians, and I'll be honest, I- I've never been quite as starstruck or privileged <laughs> to talk to you this morning. I was a child of the late 70s and 80s, <clears> and, and you were on my TV every Saturday night. Uh, I saw you in sunny Scarborough uh, when I was little, yeah. and, and one of my favourite films was The Boys in Blue, um, which we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll come on to. Um, yeah. You must look back at those days, Tommy, with such fond memories. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I never even dreamt that we would achieve what we did. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, me meeting Bob in the welding factory. First and foremost, I couldn't weld. <laughs> and right. I got, I, I, you know, I mean, fancy going as a welder and I couldn't weld. Yeah. I mean, luckily, I had a relative who was a foreman and he got me the job. So right. I sort of learned as I went along. And Bob was the first person to speak to me out of, I don't know, five or 600 men on the shop floor. Walked in, hello, cock, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm great, mate. And uh, he walked away. And as he walked away, I thought, man, that's a fun little beggar. <laughs> and that was it. That was, that was the beginning of it all, you know. So... To have achieved all what we have has been, um, it's been fantastic. I still can't believe it. Yeah. Oh, I bet you still, I bet you still have to pinch yourself, uh, Tommy. And, and, and before we, we reminisce further, let, let's talk about this mm. Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh, it's, yeah. it's at the Concert Empire Theatre, and you're starring yep. as Lord Mayor Tommy Tomato uh, from the yes, 1st, sir. <laughs> 1st of December uh, to the 31st. How, how are preparations going for the Panto? Uh, they're going okay, yeah. Um, it's um, it's always, you know, Bob and I did about 45, I think, pantos wow. together. And when you do that, um, and suddenly you're doing a panto on your own, which was, I did the first one last year, and I yeah. decided I'd come back again. Yeah. And there are the odd time when I think, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> because, you know, it's sort of, you when you work together as a double, like, you cover for each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, I forget a line, Bob covers, he forgets a line, I cover. Yeah. Uh, and it was pretty easy. And we did our own uh, things, you know, we did like the wall routine, the trumpet routine. Yeah. So we haven't got a lot of lines to learn. Right. And so when I come into Panto and I had all these lines, I went, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, it's been great. And, um, you know, Leah Bell, who puts the Pantos on, yeah. uh, she's great. She's a great lass. Is fabulous. And and how does Lord Mayor Tommy Tomato fit into the story, uh, Tommy? 
Well, it was my fault that I'm Tommy Tomato because I don't know whether you probably Noel Edmonds did a show called The Gotchius. Yes, yeah, yeah. And me and Bob were tomatoes. Right. The, the, I, and the reason it happened was that Noel Edmonds, we saw Noel and said to him, you'll never get us on that show, so don't try. Yeah, yeah. Worst thing we could have ever said because apparently he went out of his way to get us on the show. And I, I mean, how we fell for it, I'll never know. Because I'm dressed as a tomato, I'm the English tomato, and Bob is the Italian tomato, and there, there's a, re- a war going on that the Italian tomato is better than the English tomato. Right. So we go to a recording studio in London, would you believe, and Bob is doing, um, I'm an Italian, not tomato, I am Italian, not through and through, and I'm going... I'm Tommy Tomato. I'm English that it went through. It's like a, a competition. Right. And then they take us to Rome. I oh, mean, right. the beautiful city of Rome. And we're there and we're doing all this. And I, I still honestly can't, when I think back, how the heck did we fall for that? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And then suddenly coming up uh, towards us is this guy uh, dressed as a tomato. Right. And I, I looked at him, and he came and stood in between us, and he's speaking Italian or trying to speak Italian. And I'm thinking, all of a sudden, the penny dropped. I thought, I bet you that's no Edmonds. <laughs> and he pulled the to- he pulled his hat off, and I went, and I, I you can see the picture. I've got my fist, <laughs> and I, I'm like on top of his neck with my fist, thinking, "You sod, you've got us!" <laughs> and oh man, it was incredible. But we had a great time doing it, yeah. and so of course. What do I do? I said to Leah Bell, the less that's putting it on, which because I met Leah, we met to get all together in 1976. Wow! So I said to her, "Oh look, Leah, um, do you remember this thing?" And I had some pictures of it. Right. And she looked at it and she went, "Oh, that's interesting." And I thought, "Oh no." She's going to have me in panto dress as a damn tomato, and this is why I'm in it as a tomato. Gosh, fabulous! Well, I mean, I we we can't wait to see it, Tommy. It starts yeah. on the first of December, and and, yeah. and panto casts notoriously have their troublemakers. Uh, I'm, I'm sh- that put people off or trying to make them crack up, and I'm sure Bobby yeah. was a master at that. Oh, um, God, he, were, he was. Uh, do, do you he have was. some, you know, some the pantos that you did together that really stand out? Well, to be honest with you, the the um, the thing with Bob was that you could never, ever, he, he never actually kept to the script. He would <laughs> do imagine. maybe the opening line, yeah. and then I'd, I'd do my line back, and then his line back to me uh, was completely changed. Yeah. And, I, and I'd, I had to take a gulp and still do my line. So And he was just, he was a rascal. He was, I can't tell you how many times, like, well, for instance, on television, I was singing a song, um, uh, a beautiful song, and he was at the back, supposedly looking in a mirror, making himself up as a clown. Right. And the, the song was, isn't it rich? Are we a pair, me at last, on the ground, you in mirror? And I'm doing all that really seriously. And he come round as this clown, and I didn't know, but what he'd said to the director was, give me a custard pie, he said, and I'll slap him in the face with it. Well, I didn't know what was going to happen. So he came round and he went, boom, and it was this, I swallowed half the damn stuff oh. down my throat. Oh. I was, oh, my God. 
he, and that's what that what Bob used to do. Yeah. He was always up to something. Yeah. He was he was a really really funny man. Uh, and when we lost him in 2020, Tom, mm. it was a huge loss to the world and to yeah. us his fans. We can only imagine yeah. how it must have been for you um, and your family and, and you know the the, the wider Cannonball family. Yeah, it was it was the weirdest thing ever in my life. I think because um, he passed away so quick once he got into hospital, it was. Um, Quite shock, really. Quite a big shock, and it was. And the the thing was, I I didn't cry, and I don't even. I now realise why, but I didn't cry, and 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 sort of yeah, I was upset, but I never cried. Mm-hmm. And then when we went to the church uh, on the funeral day, which we shouldn't have gone to because of COVID, but we went. Yeah. And uh, we sat in the church, and it was a really sad occasion and everybody had masks on and it was oh it was awful yeah and then all of a sudden for some reason i turned and looked up the aisle and down the aisles coming the coffin and i broke my heart crying because it was only then did i realize because i'd not seen him yeah that he was never coming back and i just oh i couldn't control myself in the church i just absolutely went and um you know, it was uh, it was terrible, uh, but thankfully, I, I, at least when I realised that, I looked at the coffin. I thought, "Oh my God, he's never coming back," and that was it. I broke down and cried, and my wife was with me, and she consoled me, and I, I just couldn't stop crying. The other side of that is that we have, and you you must have as well as us, so many memories that we can look back and, and laugh about oh. with with Bobby. Oh God. I mean, I just want to go back to those welding days, days Tommy, mm. when you, yeah. uh, you you didn't know each other. He, he sort of introduced no. himself to you, and, and he wanted to start up a double act, but you weren't even quite sure what a double act was, were you? No, I wasn't. I had no idea. I mean, he, he just came up to him one day out of the blue, and, and I don't even know what he saw in me or anything. He said, um, do you want to make a double act? I said, sorry? He said, do you want to make a I said, what's a double act? said, me and you, he said, singing. I said, I can't sing. <laughs> oh, and walked away that way. Yeah. Another month passed by and he came. He said, I'm working tonight, he said, at this working men's club, he said. And, um, you know, all the lads are coming down for a pint. Why don't you come down? So mm. I said, oh, all right, I will do. Off we all went and he sang and he were very good and came off. And um, I don't know, a few weeks went by and he came again. He said, um, Listen, he said, tell you what to do. Get a set of drums and I'll teach you a few riffs and I'll get a piano player and we'll we'll do weddings. Right. I said, no, you know, part-time like. I said, oh, that's all, that's okay. So I went out, got a set of drums. Following day, I went back in. I said, I've got a set of drums. He said, blimey, he said, you're keen, aren't you? <laughs> I said, what do you mean I'm keen? You told me to get a set of drums. And the problem was, of course, he couldn't teach me anything about the drums because he couldn't he damn well play them. So there I am with a set of drums, nobody to teach me anything. So off we go and we're up, we're doing it. And we, I think we only did about maybe three or four weddings. Right. And suddenly the piano player said, oh, I can't do this anymore. I don't like being away from home. Oh. He dropped out and that left me and Bob. That was the beginning. Now, you, when you started off, you had this sort of rather unique uh, part of your act where, where Bobby would pretend to be in the audience as you were singing. Where did that idea come from? 
it just happened. Uh, he just said to me one night, he said, listen, he said, um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to start waiting, lining up in the queue with everybody. See you, he said, I'll, and I'll be your number one fan. And he had a camera around his neck, and uh, that's what he did. And he would, he'd be talking to the people because nobody knew we were in them days. He'd yeah. be saying, hey, I'm his number one fan, mate. Oh, look at this camera, I'm taking pictures of him when I get in. Oh, yeah. And they were all sort of giggling, and they're, they almost have been thought, this fellow's not a full shilling. <laughs> and in he comes, and then he starts shouting from back at room when I'm when I come on because I'm singing a song. Hey, Tommy, I'm here, I'm here, Tommy. Yeah. Come on, Tommy, turn this way so I can take a picture of you, Tommy. And doing all that. And then what we did was we we decided that uh, the week we were there, we would get the bouncer to come on stage because Bob used to work his way down and climb on stage. And I'd, then I'd shout the bouncer to come and remove him, you see. Right. Yeah, yeah, so the yeah. bouncer comes down, the first, first because uh, Batman Variety Club was a week's engagement. And the first time, the, the bouncer came down, it worked really well. And then about, I think it was middle of the week, he came on and the spotlight hit his face. Well, we couldn't get him off, could we? <laughs> he's smiling and he's thinking, oh, this is fabulous. Yeah. This. They've lit me up, oh my. And I couldn't get him off stage. And Bob is howling, he's laughing his head off and I'm stood there like a lemon. And I'm saying to bouncer out of the corner of my mouth, get off the stage, <laughs> we can't do the act. And that's, you know, them are, them are sort of things that live, live, you know, live in your mind forever. They're wonderful memories. And it, it's still out there on YouTube as well. It's, it is absolutely yeah. hilarious. Um, we, we're chatting with a legend that is Tommy Cannon this morning. Uh, he's coming up to the northeast. He's appearing uh, in pantomime at Jack and the Beanstalk at the Concert Empire Theatre as Lord Mayor Tommy Tomato. We'll chat more <laughs> with Tommy right after this. I see the crystal raindrops fall and the beauty Good morning, this is Daz on The Cat, The Tune and The Red this morning and we've got a, a very, very special guest with us this morning, Tommy Cannon, uh, who is starring in Jack and the Beanstalk at the Concert Empire Theatre from the 1st of December to the 31st of December. Uh, Tommy, we've, we've chatted a little bit about those early days. As a double act, you worked your backsides off, didn't you? Through that, through that yeah. ladder from oh, pubs, yeah. clubs, theatres, yeah. with the hope yeah. of getting on the telly. Um, yeah. I mean, how did that big break in the TV come? Well, I just think in, in our day, there was a ladder that you climbed, you know. You started off maybe in some pubs, then you'd do a working men's thing, and then you'd do nightclubs, theatres if you were lucky, and if you were double lucky, you could, you'd could you get on television. Yeah. Um, but we auditioned for um, Opportunity Knocks with Huey Green right. in the 70s. Yeah. And I think it was very early seventies. Uh, might have been, might have been late sixties. Anyway, we're around that time. Yeah. And we auditioned, and um, we passed the audition. But when we first went into the uh, theatre that they were doing the auditions in, there's a guy on stage, and he's playing the piano, and he, oh, he was dire. <laughs> and Bob said to me, he said, you know what? He says this lad will never pass the audition. Yeah. It was Les Dawson. Oh, oh wow! I know it was Les Dawson, and he was doing so the thing where he plays the he piano was badly. Doing the thing off the key piano, yeah. yeah. And so we go and we pass the audition, and it takes two years for us to get back on because in them days that was the only place anybody uh, with any talent could go yeah. to see whether they could get on telly. 
And so uh, it's two years and we go back and uh, we start um, doing comedy. Right. And Huey Green came on the floor and and then days you had to call him Mr. Green. <laughs> he came on the floor, he said, excuse me, what are you doing, boys? I said, oh, we're doing our act, Mr. Green. He said, am I wrong in thinking that you sang when you came on? to pass your audition. I said, that's right, Mr. Green. I said, but it's took us two years. We've waited two years to get back on here. And I said, in that time, we've decided we'd like to do a little bit of comedy. And he looked right at us and he said, be it on your own heads. <laughs> and, and, walked, and walked away. Needless to say, we came last. <laughs> oh, oh, blimey. <laughs> yeah, we came last. And that was the end of the TV thing for quite a few years yeah. then. Yeah, we failed it miserably, so, yeah. Then you got the, the big show at LWT, watched mm. over by over 20 million people. Yeah, uh, with, it, it was tremendous. Yeah, I mean, you had some incredible guests on there as well. Oh, God, yeah, but you see, the thing what happens sometimes in life, you sort of things things are meant to be. Yeah. Uh, you, you're going down a path and, you know, you come off it, you get back on it, etc. because we were at Glasgow Empire with a brilliant singer who never came to England and we were bottom of the bill right. and when we came off we walked into the wings and there's a guy stood there and he said and he, all he said was well done boys and that was it right years later we're in LWT studios on South Bank in London and we go into the office and we sign in our first television contract and there's a guy coming down the corridor and Bob and I look up and we see him. We go, we both look at one another and say, "Have we, have we, we've seen him before somewhere, haven't yeah. we?" And Bob said, "Yeah." He said, "I think we have." He said, "Anyway, he came in, shut the door. He said, hello, boys.' He said, uh, "Do you remember me?" And I went, "Yes, I. That's where we know him from, Bob. He was the guy who was stood in the wings at Glasgow Empire and wow. said, "Well done, boys." So he shook around. And he said, "Oh, he said, by the way, my name's David Bell." I am head of light entertainment. Wow. And I went, oh, my God. Would you believe it? All them years had gone by. He'd become this director, this guy who ran it all. Yeah. And he was the guy that said, well done, boys. I mean, it's like it were meant to be. But, of course, it took a few years to get there, yeah, you know. It did. But it was, it was incredible. Absolutely. And and yeah. in, in 1982, you made your one and only feature film, The Boys in Blue. And oh. Now, as I said earlier, I, I had this on Betamax, and I just loved mm. it. There was something about it, Tommy, that it just cracked yeah. me up. And, and I would get so cross that you couldn't see Suzanne Daniels Kim was double-crossing you. It annoyed me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know. We're the boys in blue. <laughs> How much fun was it making that film? Well, it was great fun. Um, first and foremost, Bob and I dropped a right clanker because we got the script and we learned it from the front to the back, which that's what we thought we had to do. Yeah. So we got to the um, place where we were filming the first day and the director came into the caravan and said, are you ready to, do, to go, boys? And so we both said, yeah, yeah, we're ready. So we go out the caravan and we get onto the area where we're doing the first shoot and um, we start to um, babble away. He said, what are you doing? 
I said, oh, I said, we're just going over the lines, uh, you know, to the beginning. Yeah. He said, the beginning of what? I said, the, the beginning of the film. We've, we've learned it from the front to the back. He said, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I said, does it not? He said, no. He said, we go to page 45, scene 12. He said, and that's not at the beginning of the book. Yeah. I went, oh, my God. So we had to go back to the caravan and learn that scene yeah. and go out and do it. Yeah. Now, the thing was, it was with Eric Sykes. Yes. Yeah. And Eric yeah. was, um, without, if he didn't wear his glasses, he was deaf. He had ear and ears <laughs> in the ends of his glasses. Right. So, yeah, so he always wore his glasses, you see. Yeah. But something must have been wrong with his ear and ears because we're in this big area and there's a double-decker bus park right at the top and Eric had to run to get onto the bus. Yeah. So what happens was the director shouted, action, yeah. and Eric never moved. Right. So he stopped and said, Eric, director just shouted, like, oh, he said, Tommy, Tommy. He said, it's me hearing aids. He said, they're not working right today. So Bob stepped in as usual and said, listen, he said, what I'll do is this, he said, when he says action, I'll lift my left foot and bang it on the on the floor. He said, so that's your cue to go, right? right. So what's the name? He's doing this and he said, um, and before he said action, Bob lifted his foot and banged his foot and Eric went, shoom, up the tarmac running for the buzz with the director chasing him saying, Eric, Eric, it's not right, that it's not right. And of course, Eric couldn't hear him because of his damn deaf ears. Oh man, we were, I was in hysterics, honestly, in hysterics. Yeah, it is that's the sort of thing. But we we really enjoyed doing the movie. There should have been a follow up, and I don't know what happened. And yeah. It was we should have gone to New York wow. in the Bobby's helmets, getting off the plane, and as we're going down the main one of the main streets in New York, we come across an organ grinder with two monkeys on the top of the uh, organ, and we watch him. We get mugged. That was the beginning of it, right. and I thought it was a real cute idea, but no, it never went forward. Oh. So I don't know what happened to that one. Well, at least at least we've got the boys in blue, and it's it is still out yeah. there. You still can uh, watch it online. It is still yeah. it's brilliant. It's it, it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, just a Thank couple you. of couple of quick things, and uh, just about the pair of you. I mean, one of one of the, the things I really loved, Tommy, was the way that you both said, "Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen." Um, it was like another catchphrase for me. It would just you saying that would crack me up. Can you do that for me? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Every time it would crack me up. And, yeah. and, and where did the, the whole braces and the rock on Tommy thing come well, from? Well, they came they came about because we he had a baggy suit on with a big belt that your dad used to wear in the old days, wow. uh, that he used to wrap your backside on with it and stuff. But and his trousers kept falling down. <laughs> so I just said to him, I said, Well get a pair of braces. Yeah. I didn't tell him to get red ones, but he got a pair of braces. Yeah. And then, one night, he's got the brace, and one night, every night, we go on stage, and he's he's flicking the braces. He's going underneath his jacket with his arm, flicking the brace back onto his shoulder. Yeah. So I said to him, what are you doing? <laughs> Messing about? I said, Tom, you don't understand. He said, they're like a brass strap. He said, and they keep falling off the shoulder. I said, well, tight. He said, I can't tighten them up. So I said, oh, okay. So one night... I'm on stage, and I used to go on like two or three minutes before him, mm. and I'm on stage, and uh, suddenly he came on, and he 
put his hand up his jacket and pulled his brace out, braces out to about at least a foot away from his chest and shouted, yeah. Rocky on Chummy. And, I, and I'm singing a song and I went, bleh, 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 bleh. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> so after we'd finished, I, went, I said, where the hell did Rock on Tommy come from? He said, oh, he said, I was driving down in my car. He said, and David Essex had sang a song called Rock, Rock on. on. Yeah. He said, so I just thought I'd throw it in. And, and that were it. And, and from then on, I could have killed him because <laughs> the bloody world called me Rock on Tommy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. And and what I also used to love is, is you little liar. You little liar. Yeah, uh, I know. You know yeah, the, little liar. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and that'll do for me. That'll do for me, Cocker. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right, Cocker. <laughs> Uh, oh, just, man. just brilliant. It, this, I mean, and I still do. I did this with my kids growing up. Whenever, yeah. any time that my kids grabbed me, uh, my arms, I'd go, "Oh, yeah. you've got me skin. You've got me." Yeah, skin. I know. Oh my god, I. Yeah, the <laughs> amount, the amount of times that when I used to go off the stage and get older and bounce him down and throw him on stage, the amount of times that people were waiting outside the stage door actually threatening me. Because they thought I'd hurt him. You know, in America, in America, there was a guy stood there outside. He was about six foot six. And I thought he was waiting to say, oh, I enjoyed the show. Yeah. So he came up to me. He said, uh, I said, you enjoy the show, pal? He said, let me tell you something, buddy. You ever hurt that little guy again, I'll smash you down into a thousand pieces. <laughs> So, Tommy, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you this morning. Thank you so much for your time. I know you've got to dash off now and get your costumes yeah. fitted and everything. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Good luck you. with the Panto uh, and with the tour next year, and we can't wait to see you Lovely. back up in the northeast. All Any the best. Anytime you want to speak to me, let me know. Rock on. <laughs> Rock on, Tommy. All the very best. All right. Bye. Bye now.